welcome to the St. Michael Fall Podcast Series. My name is Mary Lesman, and I'll be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is God is doing a new thing. Following our 75th anniversary celebration, St. Michael is refreshed and renewed for a bright future. Now, God is calling us to make new commitments in our faith and in our community. Give thanks to the Lord and call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. A reading from the book of Job, chapter 42, verses 1 to 17. Then Job answered the Lord, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you declare to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My wrath is kindled against you and against your friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now therefore take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has done. So Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite, went and did what the Lord had told them. And the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then there came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before, and they ate bread with him in his house. They showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a 1,000 donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. He named the first Jemima, the second Kezia, and the third Karenhapuk. In all the land there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, Job lived for 140 years and saw his children and his children's children, four generations, and Job died old and full of days. Here ends the reading. Today, we hear the final chapter of Job. The book of Job deals with the question, why do bad things happen to good people? It's a challenging book for many reasons, but especially because it does not, in the end, give us a clear answer to this question. What Job reminds us is that God is God and we are not. There are things of God that we will never understand. I actually find passages of Scripture that affirm the mystery and inscrutability of God to be reassuring. I want to know that I worship a God who is bigger than my ability to understand. But one of the most jarring aspects of this brilliant story is its put-a-bow-on-it-pat-happy-ending. After this brilliant back-and-forth where Job bravely raises his questions to God, challenging God's justice, 
after God's powerful reply from the whirlwind, reminding Job of his place in relationship to God. After Job is satisfied by the response of a God who basically says, it's not yours to know, because God has in fact taken him seriously, taken his pain and loss seriously, taken his questions seriously. After all this, some editor comes along and tacks on a happy ending where Job is now rewarded for his faithfulness by having even more money and family and prosperity than before the devil messed with him. It's just bad theology. But one of the things I do like about the ending you just heard is the part where God shows his displeasure with Job's friends. God says, my wrath is kindled against you for you have not spoken right about me as my servant Job has. God demands that they make a burnt offering as penance and instructs them to ask Job to pray to God on their behalf. If you recall the story, these three friends start out strong. They show up to comfort and simply be with Job in his pain and suffering. We're told they sat with Job seven days and seven nights and no one spoke to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. But then they open their mouths and everything goes downhill from there. They challenge Job's account that he has done nothing to offend God. God, they say, is righteous and just. He protects and elevates those who are good and disaster only falls on those who deserve it. Surely, Job has done something that has angered God. This must be the basis for Job's misfortune. Once Job has sufficiently repented for whatever sin has caused his situation, God will restore his fortunes. But Job will have none of this. He knows he has been faithful to God and has not sinned against him. He wants God to show up and answer his questions. He challenges God's goodness and fairness while never challenging God's existence or sovereignty. Job and his friends go through several rounds of these debates before God shows up in the whirlwind to answer Job's challenge. And God's powerful presence silences them all. Here at the end, God tells us that the friends who defended the fairness and righteousness of God were wrong. That in their pat answers, they had sinned against God. And Job, who questioned and yelled and somewhat trolled God, is affirmed. Have you ever experienced a devastating loss or reversal of fortune? Were there folks who tried to offer you pat answers who tried to comfort you with aphorisms and cliches, who tried to give you advice or offer explanations, who were so fearful the same thing could happen to them that they needed to believe there was a reason it happened to you. When people try and defend God to us when we are in deep pain and loss, it is an affront to God. God doesn't need to be defended. What God wants is for us to struggle and wrestle with Him. He wants us to challenge what we don't understand, accuse Him when things don't seem fair. God can handle our anger and our accusations because they are real. And what God desires is real relationship with us, messy, hurting, mercurial relationship. When we are up in God's grill, 
that's when he knows he's under our skin and in our hearts. God wants us to take him seriously. And the story of Job tells us that he takes us seriously as well. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.